Welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from Beyond Pricing. Founded by revenue management veterans from the airline and hospitality industries, Beyond Pricing is the world's leading revenue management software for vacation rental owners and managers. Listen in for the mid-episode break where you'll hear more about Beyond Pricing and how it can work for your business. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, in this episode, I am talking to an icon of the Airbnb industry, and that is Evelyn Badia. Evelyn is the founder of The Hosting Journey, the podcast, the Facebook group that grew massively over the years. And anybody that has been in Airbnb for a number of years will know Evelyn very well. And I'm going to ask her about selling her New York property and buying multiple properties across the US. Let's go. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I am super delighted to be back with you. My name's Heather Bayer, and here we go with an episode in our new series featuring women in the vacation rental industry. There's some amazing women out there. You just have to look in the Facebook groups and in some of the forums and hear them speak in webinars, etc., to see that we have some superbly talented women in this industry. And what I want to do over the next few months is to interview some people that you know and that you've heard of many times probably in the past, but also to seek out some of the amazing women who just beaver away in the background. I'm going to be interviewing some of these amazing women that you've probably never heard of, uh, unless you are deep in some of the Facebook groups where they're out there contributing but they are doing an amazing job either managing their own properties or they are managing other people's. So they are busy CEOs of companies and uh, mostly property management companies. So that's what we're going to be doing over the next uh, couple of months. Now, there's many women in the industry that I've already interviewed and sometimes multiple times. So you, you've heard from Amy Highnote you know, last week, Amy Highnote. And you've heard from Tyan Marsink on multiple occasions too. I've talked to April Peeler Burns from Intercoastal Net Design. I always get that wrong. It's ICND from ICND, who is always out there supporting anybody who's looking to do better marketing. And there's been Corrine Oakey from Breezeway, who I've known for so many years since she was our account manager at, Corrine, was it Flipkey or or just, or or TripAdvisor? I think it was probably way back in the Flipkey days. And from across the pond, we've heard from Vanessa D'Souza-Large from Rentals United. Louise Brace, who talks so much in the direct booking sphere about stories and about how we get our stories out there. And there's many others. So I'm probably not going to double up and interview these ladies over again, but I will be posting links to the interviews that I did with them. Those I've mentioned, and there's a number I haven't mentioned just now. There's, There's been a lot of them. Okay. So we are kicking off today with a lady that I know well and admire. I spent some really quality time with her when I was at the Host 2019 conference in London. And we had a great day out, evening out, day out, uh, exploring parts of London. And I got to know Evelyn Badia a lot better. But you've, for those of you who are in the Airbnb world, you'll know Evelyn, you know she is the founder of the hosting journey. She is a much loved icon. I I, I would say she's a much loved icon with owners who have Airbnb properties because Evelyn has been around the Airbnb world ever since they started. And she, one of the pioneers 
of the of shared accommodation and then going into hosted accommodation. So Evelyn has made some changes over the past six months or so. She's doing it under some extreme challenges. And I wanted to uh, get her in here to talk about selling her New York property, buying multiple property, and, and some of the health challenges she's going through while she's doing all this. So without further ado, let's move on over to my interview with Evelyn Badia. So we're here today with Evelyn Badia from The Hosting Journey. As I mentioned in the introduction, Evelyn is an icon in the industry and a perfect kickoff to our series of women in the vacation rental business. And I'm trying to showcase the women who have pioneered this industry, whether they've been in the property management business since 1960 or whatever, or whether they've come in in more recent times and done some amazing work over the past decade or so. So I welcome you, Evelyn. It's been so nearly 18 months since we were last together wandering the streets of London. Oh my God. I, that was such a fun trip. It was, was wasn't that it? Was such a fun trip. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> and thank you so much, Heather, for having me here. I'm so honored to be part of your posse. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I think it's it's just right that that we bring you in at the very start of this series because for, for many of us who've been around for a long, long, long time, you know, we were very tentative when Airbnb kicked off, and then you just came into the scene and started up the hosting journey and helped all. The, we couldn't help those people because nobody <laughs> knew what was going on. It needed to be somebody who had been in the Airbnb world from the very, very beginning. And and you were one of the pioneers. Thank you. Yes, since 2010. So over 10 years. It's it's so amazing when you start like counting the years and you're like, okay, wait, 2010, that's a decade already. It's 10 years, you know, and, and doesn't Malcolm Gladwell says, you know, outliers, it's, it's sort of like 10,000 hours. I'm like, I've done 10,000 hours with guests. Yes, yeah. You know? And I mean, and you still live and learn because I think 2020 <laughs> was another whole academy of learnings, <laughs> something like never before. I, yeah. I think everyone, every one of us had to approach it. And we all, you know, it was a bit like when Airbnb started, you know, oh, wow, this is something new. We've got to learn something different. Maybe some of us have to pivot and do something entirely different. And I know there were many people who pivoted from short term to long term, as you did. You made some pivots, didn't you? You went into um, traveling nurses. Yes, I did. I did. Right in the middle. I I pivoted immediately after um, the shutdown, especially because of New York. New York got hit really, really hard with the pandemic. And I haven't really talked about this much, but I think I mentioned it to you, um, Heather. I had a guest who had COVID in my home mm-hmm. and shut, like I had another guest in the other apartment. That guest had to leave. It was just... I, I think about it and I still get like, you know, that, and I think this is going to happen to all of us for a long time. That emotion that we felt through in March when all the cancellations started happening or all the shutdowns and everything else. And, and I remember that particular guest uh-huh. very clearly. And at that time, I was already pivoting towards travel nurses because I was like, oh, no, this is there was too much uncertainty. <laughs> and not that the certainty with travel nurses, because as I was getting them, their contracts were being canceled. Mm-hmm. So so it was just you living with the uncertainty of like, I think I have a booking. Oh, wait, I don't have that booking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote an article for VRM Intel for Amy High Note, and it was about, just call it Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, you know, I'm not waking up every morning to this to the strains of I got you, babe, but it, it's every morning, you know, oh, we're dealing with this all over again. Yes. Now, we made a booking yesterday, but now it's a, a new day and it's back to having to pivot during a day. And it's, uh, yeah, I think uh, it, it, it's impacted everybody. But you made one big decision in 2020. 
I did. And I did. I did. So I sold my home, Eveland 1.0, as I call it, um, which it was in Brooklyn, New York City. And the one that started all the Airbnb for me. I mean, and I'm original. I lived with gas. I lived with the people. I, I was like one of those. I, I was one of those that I was like, I'm okay living with strangers if he saves my home. So, yes, yes, I did. Um, and I decided to sell in June 2010 when New York City and Airbnb decided to partner up and Airbnb will start providing any information to the city if you were to rent less than 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you to be legal in New York, it's so <laughs> it's so hard. You have to have a particular kind of building and zoning and all this other stuff. Um, and the fines are huge. Mm-hmm. The fines are no joke. Um, I'm still getting people contacting me because they're like, oh, I thought I was legal because my f- house is a one family or two family. And that's not so. It has to be with the zoning and the, the type of home. If it's a class B or multi, it all is so complicated. And then they get you for like, oh, you don't have sprinklers or you don't have the right egress, or mm-hmm. you're, you know, so, so they try to get you one way or another. And the fines are huge. The fines are really, really big. So you, so you decided June last year that that was it, you were going to, to sell. Yes. What was the thinking beyond that? Did you think, I'm now going to buy another property, or you're going to go back to Puerto Rico? Because that's the other thing, you do have a property in Puerto Rico. Well, my boyfriend has a property in Puerto Rico and uh, we live together and he's the, the, our vacation rental, our short-term rental, not our Airbnb, but our short-term rental is above his house. Mm-hmm. So it's not with us <laughs> because he will not be able to live with strangers, but he's sort of like, it's, it's, it's above us. So it's sort of, it's still close enough. Mm-hmm. And because of capital gain taxes, and I've had, I've had that home for 16 years, I did a 1031 exchange, and I don't know if they have that in Canada. So what you have to do is invest the, the same amount of money, and, and then your, ca- your capital gain taxes are deferred mm-hmm. to the future. They're not gone, yes. <laughs> but they're deferred to a future. And in my case, I would have paid like $400,000 in taxes. <gasps> wow. Exactly. That's the price of a yes. property. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And and so um, I decided, and mind you, back in 2018, I thought about selling and I even had a buyer and everything else. And then I pulled back and decided not to sell. And then I'm just like, okay, let me sell. And we are so naive. Oh my God. It's so (laughs) funny. It's so funny. Like when you look back in June, I was like, okay, I'm putting out the house for sale and it's going to sell quickly because last time when I put it up for sale, I had... 10 offers above asking immediately in one showing. That wasn't the case this time. Not for New York. Mm-hmm. In other markets, the markets are super hot and they're just like not even in a day in the market, but not New York, at least not, not in 2020. So in July, I came to New York. I think like, oh, by now I will have a buyer. I have to start packing. That wasn't the case. Uh-huh. I closed this year, 2021. So it took a long time. It took a long time to find a buyer and it took a long time to close. And I had to be checking my mind through the entire process. Did you um, did you sell to somebody who was going to continue to rent? Nope. nope. I sold to a family, a couple, uh, two guys and their twin babies. And they're, I think they're doing some renovations at the mm-hmm. house. Because I ended up having to stay in New York, as you know, uh, doing the entire cell process. I found out I have a little cancer, not big cancer, just a little cancer. So I decided to do treatment in New York and because just because health insurance and all of that. And I'm living about four blocks from my old house. Mm-hmm. You know, the blessing is I am staying uh, a set of friends have a style of home like mine. And they had an empty apartment because their old tenant um, moved out. And I was able to take it over and rent it. And I have furniture. (laughs) (laughs) So I moved furniture from Eveland 1.0 to this new apartment. I've been here since February and Mm -hmm. doing treatment. And yeah, that's why they're not here. Okay. So you've been doing treatment. You're, You're going through chemo. 
I know this mm-hmm. and because you're, you're, you know, you're sharing that on your Facebook group. So that's a challenge. You may, you may, you may show up here looking absolutely fantastic, but I know, you know, you're going through a challenge, but you're also buying properties as well. So, yes. so let's talk about Eveland 102 or 103? 2.0. We call it oh, the 2.0. 2.0. So, um, so I, and again, the blessings, the blessings are many. Um, Michelle from City Emmy, she's a property manager out of New York, and she took me on and traveled the country for me on my behalf. Because even though you could do remote buy-in, you still want to mm-hmm. see the property and not just see the property, but also see the neighborhood and the streets. Cause it might look great on paper. Like there was some properties that we saw them and we we're like, okay, let's look at this one and this one. And there was like, Oh no, that's too close to the highway. It's too loud. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, no, this is this, this is that. Um, and she traveled to five different States in a period. Cause you only have 45 days to identify properties. <laughs> That that's a that's a crazy short time because you aren't you weren't just buying one property, right? No, we ended up buying four. <laughs> so so at the end of the day, it's going to be a total of four properties, uh, for a total of, of a little bit over one point two million dollars. I already bought three of those, three of the four. Construction is happening in in the, those properties, and the the states are Georgia and Arizona. That's where we narrow it down to. How, how did you narrow it down to those states? So, um, and I'm doing a whole YouTube series about the whole 1031 exchange um, oh, good. life because we went from, there was some specific questions that she asked me from like, what's the ROI? How long do I want to keep those properties? Because my first home was my home. Mm-hmm. It was not an investment property. It wasn't a vacation rental. Um, this is my house that I have bought 16 years ago thinking, oh, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. This is the house. And then life just says, yeah, no, that's not what's happening. But this time it's like, no, this is an investment property. I wanted to change my portfolio. I wanted to change my investments. I thought about doing long-term tenants, but because of everything that's still happening with COVID and moratoriums and people not paying rents, I was like, let's not do that right now. I also wanted to be in states that are vacation rental friendly mm-hmm. and that that just have a different approach. Um, I'm not moving to Arizona. I'm not moving to Georgia, but I'm having investment properties there. So totally different mindset than when I bought my first house. So right now I don't have a primary residence um, except the apartment that I'm renting. But I have investment properties. And one of the things we decided we were looking at, because I am living between New York and Puerto Rico, we wanted places that were near certain airports and certain tourist attractions. Mm-hmm. So we want we were looking for cabins, things near mountains, things sort of so we would we had a criteria. Yeah. So in Georgia, are you smoky is it Smoky Mountains where you are? It's very close. Yeah, I said LEJ. Georgia. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a tiny, tiny town with tons of cabins. And um, it, I didn't, I, we decided not to do Tennessee because it's so saturated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the prices, what happens is the prices of the property are so high that it doesn't make sense financially, you know, because you're buying a property at high price and yes, you could rent it. But when is, how much is your, what's your margin? Mm-hmm. You know, and and we don't know what's going to happen in 2022 when people are going to be able to travel and go to Europe and and do all those other vacations. So, yeah, yeah, and I'm that that that's certainly the situation here. I'm I'm taking on new properties at the moment. We could we could rent them for anything. We could actually. We had a call the other day from from somebody who said, "I want something for a week in July. I will pay whatever you want." And Isn't that amazing? So, you know, there are owners out there buying properties and charging phenomenal rates. And we're saying to them, hey, you know, this may not be sustainable. You know, we get into 2022 and people are going to start traveling again and they've mm-hmm. had to do staycations and now they don't mm-hmm. want to do staycations. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's definitely worthwhile keeping that in, mm-hmm. in mind with these investments. Yes. What, what we did was we looked at 2019 numbers. Mm-hmm. And then 2020, but knowing that 2020 
it's not the norm. Yeah. It, it, it's not the norm. In 2021, it's not the norm. And, you know, so when you're buying a property, you have to think about like, well, yeah, but what was it like before when things were quote unquote normal? And I don't know if we will ever go to any kind of normal, you know, you and I are women of a certain age (laughs) that we have lived through many recessions and depressions and well, not really depressions, but like, of course, we've never lived through a pandemic before, (laughs) but we lived through 2008 and that was everything changed after that. Mm-hmm. So we don't even know what is going to be the changes after this. Yes. Yeah. So uh, going back to these these properties, you've got them in Georgia, um, Arizona. Mm-hmm. How are you doing this? How are you? Oh. How? In, in fact, I tell you what, I'm going to come back to this in a second. I just want to take a moment and go on over to our sponsor, Beyond Pricing, and just take another question to Julie Brinkman, who is the CEO of Beyond Pricing. And uh, this is the last question in this series. So um, just listen up to this one. So over the course of these questions and answers, we've been talking about the benefits, but I I want you to sort of encapsulate now all the benefits that managers can expect from using Beyond across their portfolio. Yeah, yeah, the first and the biggest one is is just improving performance. I think as a manager, you know your market. A lot's been thrown into disarray in the last year. However, you understand what high season should be priced at. What Beyond's going to probably do is challenge you that maybe you can go a little bit higher, but we're also going to help you capture bookings in those shoulder and low seasons. When you're not used to taking bookings, but through, you know, through some technology with gap fills or shortening minimum stays or thinking differently about your min rates, you're, you're able to see more bookings over the course of the year, more bookings per listing, and ultimately more revenue, which is what we all hope at a fixed cost investment. The other, you know, the other factors, what we really seek to do is partner with our customers. We have what I'm very proud of, a world-class customer support and service team that builds really strong relationships with our customers to help them not only earn more revenue, but also gain owners, retain their owners, and understand what's going on in the tool. Well, we certainly heard this from your partner at Best Beach Getaways, Jim DeVos. And for anybody who would like to see or, or to hear from one of Beyond's partners, go to the business page. There, there will be a link at the end of this recording uh, on the show notes. Go to that business page and you can check out the, that uh, video interview I did with Julie and Jim DeVos from Best Beach Getaways. Okay, back with Evelyn Badia from The Hosting Journey. And we're talking about these properties you brought. And I'm, yeah, I wanted to take that break then because there's a lot to unpack here in how do you furnish, how do you furnish, how do you put it all together? Who manages it? Who does the cleaning? Who does the maintenance? I mean, it's hard enough with one, but with four, I, it's a nightmare to me. Yes. And what happened was it's all about having the right team. And I'm doing a video about the fourth tools that I have used. And one of the biggest tools that was unexpected was Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Facebook group for the city and actually the town that your investment is at, because they have the ins and out and they might not like you. And you have to be okay with that because a lot of people do not like short-term rentals, especially if you live in that home in you know, in that town, you don't, you don't want a short-term rental next to you. Mm-hmm. You don't want parties. You don't want p- people coming in and out because it's your neighborhood. Nonetheless, we are responsible hosts. We are, you know, property managers and we're responsible. We don't want parties either. <laughs> we don't want all of that. But so the Facebook group, I was able to tap into it and ask questions from like, hey, what insurance company do you guys recommend? What construction person do you guys recommend? What property management company do you guys recommend? And because of that, we're finding a lot of people to build the team. 
because it's remote. Look, I have not visited any of these properties. I'm in treatment. I cannot travel. Michelle has been able to travel for me. And what she did was she traveled Georgia. We found all the properties. We found an amazing realtor that worked with us. So so that's also part of your team. It's like this parts of those teams at different phases. There's your purchase phase team. And then there's your you know, acquisition because your mortgage, all of that. And then there's your prepping. <laughs> and then when you're hosting. Mm-hmm. Right now, I am not good with design. I don't have a design bone in my body. I hate it. I will give you the credit card and you go shop. <laughs> we are, we are more you. alike than I thought. <laughs> oh, no, Heather, I get overwhelmed in stores. I don't want to pick colors. I don't I, I don't want to. I know good design when I see it, right? Like, we're like, oh, no, I don't want that kind of style. And I know, I believe I know what works with, with gas, I cannot do it. <laughs> Nor do I want to. So, so it's but it's all so about. I have a designer. Yeah, I have a know, designer. knowing what you're good at and outsourcing the rest. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and also, you do not have to accept what's tradition. So, there's property managers companies over there or um, in Georgia, and they charge thirty five percent. Which might be okay, but for me, there, there's certain things. I'm a self-manager of my mm-hmm. properties, especially because I want those reviews on my account. I want to be able to communicate with my guests um, and things because it's my brand. Mm-hmm. So I don't want it to be a brand for the property manager. You know, I don't want it to be just another cabin. So for me, I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. So I found a different property manager. She's getting a percentage and we're building right now. I closed in April, March 30th on two, April 12th on, a, on another one. And in May, I'm closing on the fourth one. Right now, construction is happening because you have to paint. You have to mm-hmm. do whatever it is that you're going to be doing and buy furniture. It's a lot. And it's a lot of money. And people do not think about that how much money that you have to invest in building those properties because mm-hmm. between beds and sheets and, and all the things you need for a kitchen, all the things you need for a bathroom. I mean, these houses are empty unless you're buying a property that has, that comes furnished, which is some options. So when I, when I came out from, uh, when I started doing this, I was flying out from England to Canada every six weeks or so come out, mm-hmm. buy a, find a property, come back six weeks later, do the closing, do some shopping, go home. And I, you know, I built this, the, you know, furnishing template because if yeah. I had that, and I'm sure you've got exactly the same thing, you know what mm-hmm. you need in every single bedroom, you know what you need in the kitchen. It's not a matter of just, oh, hey, I'm, I'm just going to go to Wayfair and, and scroll through. You no, know no. exactly what you want and how much you're going to pay for it. And then you've got somebody to then put it in place. Yes. And I actually have, it's, it's a giveaway that I give um, my community and it's for free. It's, you don't even have to give me your name. It's hosting essentials. It's the hostingjourney.com forward slash hosting essentials. And it has, it's a, it, it has affiliate links for Amazon products, but these are products I use mm-hmm. because as you know, from building all these properties, we know the glasses that don't break from putting them in the dishwasher. We know the sheets that we love. We know the best that work well. Um, you know, so all of those things you already know. And you know, like, oh, don't forget the plunger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or the tea kettle in your case. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the kettle exactly has, has exactly. to be there but yes i mean i think actually i think the plunger is more important than the kettle because nobody's <laughs> going to call you saying you know I'm, a, I'm i've got a disaster here i need a kettle <laughs> but they might remember it though they might think like you know i wish they had a kettle darn it yeah but but that plunger and and people do not want to have to make that phone call to you and tell you the bathroom is clogged mm-hmm you know, it's sort of like give them the tools to be self-sufficient, you know, and hopefully they know how to use a plunger because not everybody does. So you're, you're going to use a property manager to look after the place. So you're going to be doing your own rental management, your own communication with the, uh, with the 
uh, with guests. Are you yes. are you just going to use Airbnb or are you going to go a little wider this time? Because, you know, rural properties are a little bit different in terms of where traffic comes from. Yes. Um, and in my other properties, I have gone wider. I'm not just an Airbnb host. I've had, oh my God, so many different channels that you go to and then you decide, wait, that channel is not giving me mm-hmm. anything. Right. Oh my God. Well, which one was it that I just got a notice the other day? Oh, somebody wants it. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I don't even have that anymore. And and when I was doing travel nurses, I was doing furniture finders. Mm-hmm. So yes, I have a website of for my own and I'm also doing a, a, some more Instagram to get bookings through that. So some self-direct because before I was doing self-direct as well. So there'll be Airbnb for sure. There'll be, um, VRBL or verbal. I always don't, I never know how to really call them verbal. And, and I will be doing some self-booking as well, just direct booking um, and maybe booking.com. It depends on the property mm-hmm. because in Puerto Rico, I get mostly Airbnb, but I might, I might be expanding to something else as well. Yeah. That, that's, that's interesting. And it, and it really depends on where you are, you know, up, up here in Ontario, nobody uses booking.com. It, it's just- exactly we know where our traffic comes from and they do not use that, that site. Mm-hmm. Um, they use Airbnb a bit more, but mostly they use um, local sites, independent sites. Um, Isn't so, that amazing, right? Like, like, like sort of like, this is how people find it. Yeah. Um, and, but I wonder how the new generations come in. So, so I think it's, it's, it's like the younger people, the new generation because mm-hmm. who books my house in Puerto Rico are people under 30. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, so I think it depends on, on your market, your price, where the property is located, that you have to find that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I, in fact, you, you mentioned sweet spot. I just um, answered a question on a Facebook group from, from somebody who is lost, property manager, lost a few properties over, the, uh, over, over COVID. We all did. We lost about 45 so she, her question was, you know, should I be looking for small properties? Should I be looking for those that accommodate 10, 20 people? And mm-hmm. lots of different answers. And I said, well, you, you've got to find your own sweet spot. Everybody has yeah. a sweet spot. It's like your, you know, you talk about cabins in Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. how, how many bedrooms, bathrooms do your cabins have? Well, the biggest one has four, three. Yeah. And that's that was one of them. We knew because... When I bought, I bought with the idea that I'm going to sell. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the decisions you make today are with is with the future that you're going to have. <laughs> so for me, it was like I didn't want to buy a one one because mm-hmm. for me, a one bedroom, one bathroom, it's it's harder to sell in the future. Yeah. But I also didn't want big properties because I don't want parties. And they're hard to avoid if you have a property that's, you know, five bedrooms or, you know, things like that. And even this one particular property that has four bedrooms, they officially call it three and and three. It has two living rooms. And one of the living rooms, people will say, oh, you could put an extra sofa bed. And we're like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to make that into a game room. But we want to do it more towards kids. Mm -hmm. It's more family oriented than adults. So, so, so it's sort of managing those. The other properties are two twos. Okay. Do you, do you find that because you're moved out of a, of a specific rural, uh, urban, urban location, um, your mm-hmm. Brooklyn location, you're now into rural areas that you, you know, your demographic, your persona group has changed markedly or not? It will, because like, let's say I'm looking at things like, fire pits. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking at hot tubs, you know, outdoor furniture. Um, so, so I have to think differently because I'm going to market differently. This is a yep. different properties in New York. It was more people that were coming to have a New York experience. Nonetheless, my New York guests were people coming to visit families. Mm-hmm. And I used to get a lot of grandparents because I was in the neighborhood I was in, in, in Manhattan, so I wasn't in proper Manhattan. I was in Brooklyn, so it was more family-oriented, people coming for weddings and things like that. And I used to get tourists 
but I will miss my grandparents. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll, st- well, you'll still get them, but you won't be meeting them, of course. No, and but I don't know how grandparents will travel. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm taught well, to be the year. Oh, well, we get, we get them um, in our rural locations, and it's the multi-generation. It's our sweet spot yes. demographic, grandparents, parents, and children. That, that, that's our bread and butter. Uh, so yeah, exactly. So it will be more to generational. In my case, it used to be just the grandparents okay. coming to visit the grandkids in yeah. the neighborhood. So it was more like, oh, my my daughter just had a kid, and so it was just the grandparents only, and not multi generational. Mm-hmm. But but yes, I imagine in this case, and that's what I want. That's what yeah. I want. It's sort of like, or you know a couple with kids or something like that. So I'm sort of like looking into more of that market and definitely not the parties. Yes, definitely not the parties. So you mentioned uh, Instagram, you've mentioned Facebook, social media. How are you planning on using those to market these properties? Well, I already had an Instagram account for my Puerto Rico uh, place. Now, you know, you know, social media is sort of that... (sighs) that bane in our existence where it's like we know how successful it can be and you know one of the things that surprises me is the accounts that are successful and they still send their clients to their airbnb listing and not to self-direct which Mm -hmm. i'm so surprised right like to self-book i'm like really how why do you not do indirect booking why are you sending them to airbnb but whatever i get it i get i know why people want to use an ota and not do direct booking Mm -hmm. So I have a very small Instagram account for like I see it in Puerto Rico, but I literally just changed it to call it Eveland, which is the name of, of my LLC for the properties. And in there, I will have the cabins and I will have all the different, all three properties on the one mm-hmm. Instagram account instead of having three Instagram accounts that I have to think <laughs> about. <laughs> Sorry. My break and I function that much. <laughs> and and you you do manage or is there any do you use any um software, anything to help manage your social media accounts? I I ha- I'm part of social curator, Jasmine Starr. I don't know if you know her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she provides a lot of stuff, but I don't have um, you know, a, a platform per se, like, you know, to, to do the content and no, I'm still old fashioned. <laughs> But I have a writer. I have a writer that I work with. I Yes, I don't do it all. Okay, how long have you had? To, so it's a copywriter, somebody who does your posts and... Oh, well, she doesn't do my listings per se. Um, and she works mostly on my hosting journey stuff. Um, okay. You know, English is my second language. It's not my primary first language. So I always like to have someone look things over, make sure that I am not saying bad English stuff. Um <laughs> And so she's been, wor- we've been working together for, oh my God, like two, three years now. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's been doing some of my Instagram posts. I'm like, hey, I want to talk about this and she'll go off or um, she's in my Facebook group and she sees the yeah. the yeah. comments and the questions because, you know, everybody, if someone comments in your Facebook group, more people have that same question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, I, you know, my, my little Facebook group, which is nowhere near as big as your Facebook group. <laughs> But I, I know that. Well, it's only been have, go, it's only been going a year. It's yeah, but, no, it's, no, but, but I, I understand about you know the questions. Somebody asks a question, you know that everybody else has got that same question. It is good. I I sort of step back a bit and have and and people will just jump in and answer, and that's the best way of of managing those. Yes, and I have um two volunteer administrators mm-hmm. who also answer questions, but my group is self managed. Yes. Yeah, I, I I don't need I used to be at the beginning very much involved. And now I go in I might I might post questions, you know, so one of the decisions I made right now was to accept pets. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not accepting pet in pets in all properties. I'm going to start with two. And I told them in my Facebook group, I was like, okay, give me all the details about accepting pets. And they were like, oh my God, I'm going to go to the dark side. <laughs> uh, and I've always been, you know, bring your pets, leave your kids at home, 
<laughs> yes, especially with, toddlers. Leave your kids with grandma. Bring your kid. Bring your pets instead. But yeah, I mean, it, again, it it comes down to 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 your sweet spot and where the demographic, you know, who your demographic is. And and the thing is that right across the U.S. and Canada in the last year, you cannot find a pet now at a, at a rescue. I mean, that that's probably not so true. You, it's it's tougher to find the pet you want at mm-hmm. a rescue. Uh, center because they've all been taken everybody yeah. has been buying pets while they've been at home or, or taking in yeah. pets so can we ship some from puerto rico There's yeah too many yeah so you know it's it, it's a growing number of people traveling with their pets and because they're, they're traveling more in cars now as well that yes. uh, that it's easier to transport them so i i, I love pet friendly properties i they're, they're my best what is your top tip about that um, it is, I mean, mine is very controversial because we have never charged for pets. Oh, okay. We never charge for pets because we advertise ourselves as, as being pet friendly. Pet friendly to me does not mean charging extra. And I don't want any of my pet owning guests to think that they've already paid for anything that their pet might do. Oh, that's an interesting insight. So, so, so we so have. Do you, we have do you include it in the in your in your daily rate then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so you know, let, let let's put another. You know, I don't know, fifty dollars a week, seventy five dollars a week for 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 the pets, but just put it into that rate, and yeah. then accept that there will be some dog hair and and there might be a couple of pickups off the lawn. But in general, you know, after 20 years of, of 60% of our properties having pets, we have had five issues with pets. Oh, five. What were they? Um, just, you know, a, a dog. Uh, we, we had one with a leather chair last year, chewed, chewed a corner of a leather chair, and the owner, uh, the guest paid up $1,500 for a new leather chair. Um, we had one with, with a dog that, is, that had scrabbled up a carpet uh, mm-hmm. near a door because they'd been left alone when there was, when there was um, a thunderstorm, um, yeah. you know, the, the, and another couple like that. And in every single case, the pet owner, the guest paid up with absolutely no problem because we do screen everybody. We talk to them about their pets and what their responsibilities are. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and that's the whole thing. I think it's that preemptiveness of like having that, those conversations and as hosts, we we hate the idea that people will hide their pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So oh, and then, for me, and then of course it's it, it's emotional support animals. <laughs> every every dog is an emotional support animal now. I think I saw something on the hosting journey this morning about that. Yes. Oh no. Well, one of the things somebody was saying like they wanted to bring a pony, yes, a miniature pony because it was an emotional support animal, and he's like, okay, wait, what? Wait, what? Can we not have a pony in the house? Or, or the, the pot-bellied pig. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of people traveling with their pigs or peacocks or things like that. And I'm like, I, I, do you accept cats as well or just dogs? Mostly dogs. We have we have some properties that are that, you know, they're, they're owned by cat owners who say, yeah, just let them bring their cats, bring the scratching post. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're sort of, gosh, <laughs> time is moving on. It always will. Um, before we finish... Just, just briefly, you have you you started out as a sort of Airbnb pioneer for the rest of us. How how do you see the difference in Airbnb today as it was when you first started out in terms of the service that they give to owners? Okay, look, I know the founders of Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in communication with one of them through the pandemic. I have a they have a special place in my heart, but they're still a company, right? It's sort of like owning, it's sort of like knowing the owners of Coca-Cola, you yeah. know, they're still a company. And a lot of people forget that, that they are an organization. And especially now that they have an IPO, I understand, even if I don't agree with some of their decisions, like what they did last year of refunding guests without consulting us hosts, because I lost like $50,000 in reservations, but then those guests are very much wanting to stay within Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I mean, in travel, I'm in Facebook groups of travelers, 
because I like to see what people are thinking, right? Um, and a lot of them right now, they're, there's a whole mix because of their fees. They're not the same company that it was 10 years ago because they're grown and, mm-hmm. and they have investors now and all of that. And I'm one of those investors. I benefited from their program where they gave Superhost IPO prices to buy into their stock. So I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. I still believe in the company. You know, it's kind of funny because everybody blames Airbnb. But I think what Airbnb allowed people to do was enter into a market that had a door for us not to be able to get in. I would have never been able to get into the vacation rental world if it wasn't possible by Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Airbnb made it easy. Um, and I know a lot of people say like, oh, but they're not professional. You know, that's that's the word that they love to say. It's not professional. And it's like, when were you professional? When did you learn? What makes it okay for you to be in it and not for us? And what I appreciate for Airbnb is that it's an easier way for you to enter. You could rent an apartment in your home. You could rent a bedroom in your house, which is how I started 10 years ago. And that bedroom was making me $3,000 every single month. That bedroom saved my home and my mm-hmm. mortgage. And I think what's going to happen now, once the vaccine is up and everything else, a lot more people are going to get into it because of economic reasons. Airbnb allow people to use the access that they have to survive and to still make money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to happen again. So I think there's going to be an influx of hosts, especially now more because they have the entry is easy and also it's a proven market, right? It doesn't mean that it's an easy job. (laughs) It's an easy entry. And it doesn't mean that it's for everybody because not everybody could, could or should host, right? Some people should have a property manager managing their property. They don't have the personality. They don't, you know, they know they don't want to do it. They don't, you know, my boyfriend does not want to deal with guests. He, I'm the one that communicates with all our guests in Puerto Rico. But Airbnb allowed us that entry. Mm-hmm. It opened that door. I think that, you, you make a great, a great point there. Um, this, this is why property managers are in business. Mm-hmm. And, and I see so, you know, on Facebook groups and I'm seeing hosts who are saying, you know, why would you rent with a property manager? You know, they're, they're, they're fleecing you, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just simply that there are a large proportion of owners who would like to benefit from their property, but they don't want to be part of the hospitality mm-hmm. industry. They want, they want to turn it over to something you know, they're, they're invested or it's their home, but they don't want to deal with the guests. So I think it's, it's just such an important distinction to make that there is a role in this mm-hmm. business for everybody, whether it's an independent host doing direct booking or uh, an OTA such as Airbnb or Verbo or a property manager. Um, yeah. there, there is space for us all within this. Yes. And I think... I think that's a good point, a good spot to uh, to end on here. Uh, Evelyn, as ever, it's been, it's, it's just such a pleasure. I love to see your, I love just love to see you. And you do look amazing. I love the hat. Thank you. Thank you. I know I have to wear hats, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the dealio. I've decided not to wear wigs, so, uh, so I'm doing hats. How, how, how long is the, tra- how much longer do you have with your treatment now? Oh, who knows? Um, so I have chemo until end of June, mm-hmm. eight more weeks and they're weekly treatments now. And then after that, it'll be a month off and then surgery and then maybe radiation. Okay. Okay. It's, well, we, it's a process. You, you, it's a journey. It's a journey. And you have a gazillion people out there rooting for you. And, uh, and we, will, we, will, we, of course, will stay in touch. So just thank you so much. I can't wait to hear more about um, Eveland 2.0 and 2.1 and 2.2 and 2.3 with uh, four, <laughs> with all your properties. I know, right? <laughs> So, uh, so I will make sure that all the information on the hosting journey and the things that you've mentioned, your YouTube series on the, um, the 1031 exchange, et cetera, everything that you just send me all the stuff, I'll make sure it's on the show notes. I and will. We'll send people to you. Heather, like always, it's such a pleasure seeing you. Thank you so much for, for inviting me. 
Thank you. Thank you, Evelyn. That was absolutely fantastic. I love talking to well, just love talking to Evelyn. She's been around. She's a very wise person in this industry. And for those who decry Airbnb, Evelyn talks a huge amount of sense about why we should be using Airbnb as part of an overall marketing package, as I'm sure many of you know, know anyway. So, so thank you for Evelyn. Every, as I say, everything that uh, we, we discussed will be on the show notes. So head on over there at vacationrentalformula.com and you can check that out. So that was quite a lengthy interview, so I'm not going to hold you up much longer. <laughs> I just want to remind you that you can go to vacationrentalformula.com and visit the vendors that are in our virtual vendor showcase. And we have taken some time to actually interview every single one of them and talk to some of their best clients. I love doing these interviews because, you know, I'm a property manager and I am hearing about all these things and I'm actually using the majority of the products that and services that are being discussed. And it's because I'm getting to that inside inside information from those people who are using it. So it's, it's really useful. So head on over there if you're interested to see who we've got in the virtual vendor showcase. If you are a vendor and you'd like to be part of the virtual vendor showcase and let me interview you and one of your best clients, then please do get hold of us. You can email me at heather at vacationrentalformula.com or mike at vacationrentalformula.com and let us know and we'll talk to you about um, what's involved. So that's it for me from for another week and we're we're heading into more lockdown right now so I've got four more weeks five more weeks I think of lockdown um we're making quite the pivot in, at the moment and uh, I will be letting you know a little bit more about how that is working um perhaps over the next couple of weeks if you are a woman of a vacation rental and you feel you have a story you'd like to share, let me know at heatheravacationrentalformula.com and, uh, and we'll discuss it and see if we can fit you into this series. So that's it from me. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks again for listening to this episode brought to you by Beyond Pricing. For more information and to connect with the Beyond Pricing team, visit vacationrentalformula.com forward slash beyond hyphen pricing, or simply click the link in the description section of this episode on your smart device. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you, and I look forward to being with you again next week.